What's up, guys? Welcome into Brews on the Balcony. Special edition. As, Special uh, edition, TJ. Nick, we're getting into the interview game now. We are. It's crazy. Oh, my God. Uh, and we got a good one for our first interview. It's a great sit down. We uh, we went ahead on the phone and got Travis Stone. He's the PA announcer at Churchill Downs. Of course, Churchill Downs, as a lot of you horse racing uh, fans know, is the home of the Kentucky Derby. He's called the last five derbies. He's a PA guy, and he does a great job. Uh, we were there Saturday and uh, just his voice like really gets oh, you yeah. into the race, for sure. I mean, in a historic Kentucky Derby that saw maximum security get DQ'd and then Country House ends up winning the race. So not only was it a, a wet, a rainy day, as you'll hear him talk about, making it hard to see out there on the track, especially in the back stretch, but then a historic Kentucky Derby with a historic finish. So that was great to hear mm-hmm. his insight on what happens when that takes place as the disqualification, the first one ever in the you know the history of the Kentucky Derby that the the, the top horse gets DQ'd like that. And then we also hear about his career, you know, where he got started, how uh, as a kid he actually wanted to be what he is now. He calls right. horse races, which is obviously a dream job for a lot of people out there, especially broadcasters, and, and here he is at Churchill Downs. So uh, we talked about, you know, where he got his start, uh, just kind of, you know, his career path, and then also uh, got his opinion on the Preakness, and uh, found out he's a little Fortnite player. A Fortnite guy. He's got two wins uh, in season seven. He said That's it's two more seasons than us, ago. TJ. He got two solo wins. I, I mean, I got like three total. So, and uh, I have zero. Yeah, but I mean, if he wants to squad up, maybe we'll squad up with uh, with Travis. Yeah, be fun. We'll S- see. Send him a little. Uh, we'll see. Send him a little invite. See if he wants to play or not. Should I should have asked him for his yeah uh, his gamer his gamer tag. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. You can text him. <laughs> we're, we're texting buddies now. <laughs> Anyway, guys, uh, we're at Balcony Brews Pod on social media, at Balcony Brews Pod. You're always welcome to call in with uh, any thoughts you have, 314-877-8597. Again, that number, 314-877-8597. You can follow Travis at Travis Stone. And if you go at Kentucky Derby, you can see his 2019 call and his reaction from the booth. Without further ado, here is Travis Stone. Joining us now on the phone lines, we have the PA announcer at Churchill Downs, uh, of course, home of the Kentucky Derby, Travis Stone. Uh, Travis has been, obviously, there since 2014, and if you haven't been to Churchill Downs and you haven't been able to hear this guy's excitement, uh, you're missing out, man. You're absolutely missing out. Travis, appreciate you joining us, sir. I appreciate that. Good to be here. Absolutely. Uh, Let's talk about the race right away. Uh, I mean, it was one of the... Most interesting, probably the most interesting Kentucky Derby as of late. Uh, obviously, with maximum security, one of the favorites, getting first place and then getting disqualified. Uh, I saw the reaction on the Kentucky Derby Twitter account where you were kind of going through it, having to tell the people that did have uh, seven on their on their ticket that uh, maybe they have to hold on to their ticket, can't cash it right away. Uh, so, what were your reactions to uh, to the change? You know, uh, as a a racing fan is uh, someone who's passionate about the sport. It was a very dramatic and interesting uh, set of events. Yeah. Right? So I can't remember. In fact, it never has happened where there's been a, a disqualification in the Derby. So it was of historical significance as a race caller and a, a guy that knows horse racing in and out. I was not surprised by the decision either. It was a pretty obvious call and maximum security veered out on the far turn impacted several runners and uh thus if it was you know a random race on a thursday afternoon there's a disqualification in a minute but obviously it was the derby so it took a little bit longer just to make sure they're making the right call but unfortunately that's uh that's the breaks right i mean those, yeah. those are the rules and it's too bad but uh it is what it is how amazing is it too in the first race that there is a disqualification in the kentucky derby and also a 65 to one shot gets the win i mean it's un- unreal 
It is. And, you know, Country House ran really well. Yeah. Credit where credit is due. He uh, he was a, obviously a, a pretty big long shot coming into the race and widely considered to be a marginal contender. He ran a race that mm-hmm. was good enough to run second in the Derby. So it's not like a totally undeserving horse was elevated to the first spot. He ran the second best race out there, arguably. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's just it's the way the rules are in racing and um, it is what it is, right? And yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens on the racetrack going forward. I think. I think there's a good chance these two horses will meet down the road as we get into the later summer and fall, and it'll be uh, fun to see them they're squared off on the track rather than through the rule book. Now I know, obviously, you got to look into these horses and, and know their names and everything when you prepare. I I, I want to put out a humble brag for me. I had I had a Country House. I mean, I had them in the in the top three trifecta, and unfortunately, came up a little bit short. And I keep kicking myself, saying, "Why the hell did I not win place him at least?" You know, I mean, you'd be looking at a nice piece of change there. Unbelievable. Yeah, you know, it's it's only a humble brag if you actually won them. You know? <laughs> Good call. Good call. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point, sir. What ifs? Nobody likes what ifs in this world. I absolutely understand. Uh, so going into it, do you? I mean, obviously, look at the form and you get the names and. Uh, how the horses kind of run to get ready for your call. But do you look at the betting odds? Do you look at that type of stuff? And is, are you aware of that the whole time? Yeah, I, when it comes to the Derby, I've, I know that field inside and out, and I have a pretty good idea of, of things that are going to shake out, um, you know, as best as you can. As a, You know, it is a horse race, and things can happen, and obviously they did. Um, but I'm also – I like to handicap and, and be a horse player when I'm not calling. And so I had a pretty good idea of what was going to happen and who was going to be favored and who was not going to be favored. So – in fact, uh, I do quite a bit of prep work leading into the Derby, and the first horse that I did a deep dive on was uh, was Maximum Security because I thought that he was a very dangerous pace horse mm-hmm. that had run good figures, had never lost, and uh, I thought he was going to be very dangerous in the race. I was a little bit surprised he kicked on the way he did. Um, I, I ultimately probably would have bet against him if I were betting the race, mm-hmm. so I would have lost as well. But, uh, but yeah, and, you know, Country House, too. I mean, Beaumont's a good trainer, and this is a horse that – he had a wide trip in his prior race, so it wasn't totally surprising that he ran well. Being close to the pace the way he was, that was a little bit surprising. Um, but, you know, that's why they run the race. That's absolutely right. I, You know, it's interesting you bring it up uh, about calling the race and not, you know, putting money on it. I mean, that's to me, that's broadcaster etiquette 101. I mean, like a lot of people out there were always wondering, you know, if certain broadcasters bet on the games. But the thing about it is, like even just in sports, but if you think about it, too, it kind of puts another spin on it where your mind is on your bet and not really on the race and your job. I mean, is that a big reason why? Or, I mean, is that just yeah, against I mean, the rules you're not allowed to? If you ever talk to any other horse race announcer, they tell you that they can bet the race – and be objective in their race call. Go ahead and call them a liar because it's not true. That's it's just yeah. not. It's just not possible. For it sure. really is not. And uh, I did when I first got into the game. I bet a couple of races. I called here, or there, and then a friend of mine called me up and he asked me if I bet this horse that won. And I asked him why. He goes because I could tell. And that was the last race that I bet. I was like, well, that's not. That's not what I'm going to be about. So right. I, I stopped pretty early. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm, and I take pride in it. You know, it's it's not very American to not bet the Derby, <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know, I, I I respect the job and the role that I have, and and I think if I want to deliver a good call, then not betting it's the first the first key. Yeah, for sure. You had what? You had a great call there uh, at the race. What's uh what's the preparation like that you go into? I know there's got to be a lot of preparation, and I mean. You know, if I was up in that booth, I, I know I'd be nervous just trying to not stumble over my words. So what's your preparation like for, for Derby Day? I, it is uh, it's a multi-week process. So 
literally two, three weeks before the race. And I, and I should say it's multi-month. I watch every single prep race that all of these horses uh, participate in from the fall until the spring. So I, my goal is to know those horses as if they were my own, just the back of, you know, like it was the back of my hand. And I know their styles. I know the markings that they have. I know the silks the jockey's going to wear. I know what their, their running style is, whether they're going to be close to the pace or off the pace, any quirks or nuances. And so it's just it's about committing all of that to memory. And then, you know, in the middle of the race, you don't have to think about those sort of outside things as much. And you can your brain can more focus on delivering a good call. So it's, it's really just about the preparation. And then when you just come up with scenarios and possibilities you have ideas for everything like in the call this year i, I use the phrase tacitus phrase tacitus takes off mm-hmm. you know that was sort of in the back of my head the whole time it was like if tacitus not if when because i i did believe that tacitus would put in a move i said when he makes his move if my eyes happen to be there and i happen to see it then tacitus takes off would be a, a fun little way to describe that wow. so it's just really about putting all the things that you can think of into your brain and you hope that you you call upon them the right way when the time comes do you ever get oh like flustered saying like oh my god i have i did over preparation where i'm gonna freak out because i think i have to go to this stat or this name and i'm gonna like freeze have you ever had that happen um knock on wood no but i will say this 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 was a little bit unnerving this year so they came on the track and it was raining of course mm-hmm. and um there were multiple horses with pink silks there were a couple of horses with pink and gray silks uh, and it was just, there was a lot going on. Two of the horses, long range, Toddy and Vacoma had one was supposed to be black and white and the other was supposed to be blue and white, but the blue on Vacoma looked black. And so two horses looked exactly alike. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I remember they were going to the gate and I was like, man, I actually did a, a little uh, internal pep talk. I was like, you need to just go ahead and focus <laughs> and, and, and get with it because you, you could sort of wig yourself out you know, thinking about those things. It was, it was a little bit unnerving. And then, and I expected it. This was a field that had a lot of, in racing, we call them pace pressers, sort of the horses that are going to make their move uh, with a half mile to go and onto the far turn. So this is, this is a race that's going to have a lot of things happening on the turn, but I had no idea that it would be like nine or 10 of them making all these moves. (laughs) And so, you know, and if you hear the call, I, I, I get ramped up on the turn, but then it, mid stretch marker i sort of slow down a little bit and go one furlong to go to kind of reset my breathing and reset the mind for the final eighth it was it was helter skelter it really was it was by far the hardest derby i've had to call i've only had to call five now so i don't want to like you know make it sound like i've called 30 but <laughs> right. uh, thus far it was by far the hardest and you know i hope next year whoever goes to the front stays there and it's pretty easy <laughs> <laughs> i understand absolutely well we were lucky enough to be in the infield and we really enjoyed your calls uh really got us you know into it and the crowd was obviously into it as well um going uh, i would also say preparation wise i mean not just for the big race but you got what 14 total races you got to know horses for i mean that's that's something that i mean you talk about preparation like for you know, play by play for basketball and football and you only got a certain amount of guys but when, when you have all those horses and they're moving you know all over the place and cutting each other off and stuff it's hard to keep up with that i'm sure for 14 races it well it's it's just it's a real sharp short-term memory it, it put them in there for 10 minutes and get rid of it mm-hmm. and you, you can't you can't think about the second race on derby day when you're calling the derby right so those those horses have to be out of your brain and for me personally it sort of ruined my ability to remember people's names and things like that. It's uh, stuff comes in and it goes out pretty quickly. Uh, you know, 
ex girlfriends have it like that either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, Funny how that works out. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. So, l- looking ahead to the Preakness, uh, Country House is out, and so is Maximum Security. So, who do you like? Who do you think will run well in uh, in the Preakness with those uh, two horses not in, not in the field? <laughs> Oof! You want to talk about? Uh, you know, it's too bad, right? First off, it is too bad. Yeah. The unofficial derby winner and then the the uh, quote official derby winner are not going to participate but that doesn't mean it's not a good betting race mm-hmm. i thought war of will who as i understand it is looking to go to the preakness he needed a derby he had come off a, a six-week break and in his prior race he had some trouble and sort of lost his footing didn't really participate so there's an argument to be made that he's going to be tighter and fitter for the preakness and i thought he ran pretty well in the derby so he'd be one horse i'm sort of interested in but the whole thing is, like with the Preakness, is there's always a slew of horses that did not participate in the Derby. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's hard to speculate who's going to show up there. But there's there's a lot of talented runners out there, horses like Owendale, always mining, that are going to make this race very interesting. So even though it's not going to have the uh, the true Derby winner or the you know, posted-up Derby winner, it's still going to be a great betting race. When's the last time that the Derby winner didn't go to the Preakness? Has that ever happened, or has it been? I mean, uh, yeah, I think 1996, Grindstone won the Derby and got hurt in the days afterward and, hmm. and missed the Preakness. So it's been a while. It's Man, been a while. That's crazy. You'd love to see the long shot do it, too. I mean, you'd love to see if he's got anything else left in the tank, you know, if that was a one-hit wonder, if he's got, uh, you know, got some legs under him. You know, the one thing that yeah, – it's a great point, and the one thing that's true about the Derby is – you have to really be in, in good physical shape to win that race and or participate in a big way. And and a lot of past long shots that, that ran well in the Derby, they've, they've brought it. Remember mine, that bird was a huge long shot when he won the Derby. He brought it in the Preakness. He was right there. So um, Country House would have given a good account of himself, but we'll have to wait for next time. Absolutely. Yeah, Preakness coming up uh, on May 18th. Should be a lot of fun on that Saturday. Uh, talking over with Travis Stone. He's a PA announcer at Churchill Downs. You can follow him on Twitter at Travis Stone. Travis, before we let you go, we got to get some uh, some history on you, man. I mean, obviously, being a horse horse race caller is something that I've thought about doing in the past. I, I try, I've tried to do it, you know, in my bedroom, like reading names, and I don't know how you guys do it, man. It's it's unbelievable. I, I read that as a kid, you used to go to, uh, which track was that? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm Saratoga. Saratoga, that's it. Yeah. Um, you went to auctioneer school as well in Missouri, I believe. I how did you know you wanted to – did you always know you wanted to be a horse race announcer? Did you kind of just uh, decide, hey, this might be fun? Yeah, you know, so we, we went to Saratoga all the time when I was growing up. My dad was a New York State police officer. He'd save his vacation days. We'd drive down, and, and he was not a big better, still isn't. He just liked the sport. Hmm. And I'd go with him, and, and I'd pretend to call the races as a kid. I'd you know, play horse racing when I was back home, and it literally just developed from there. I'm very fortunate in that there was never once a doubt in my mind that I wanted to call horse races. And, uh, and I've just been pretty lucky in the way everything shook out. I worked hard at it. You know, I, I did what I could. I went to auctioneer school, went to school for communications, uh, practice calling races all the time. But like with anything in life, you need a couple of big breaks and those came around and, you know, here we are 35 years old calling five Kentucky derbies. It's, Hell yeah. it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Uh, so you were at Louisiana Downs in 06 after you got out of college. Uh, obviously, yep. Monmouth Park. You've kind of been all over the place. But would you say, I mean, you've now, you know, have your home in Louisville. You're now at Churchill Downs. Would you say it's like, that's like the Yankees of, of horse, you know, of horse racing? Like, that's where you want to be, like Yankee Stadium, that's Churchill Downs for you? You know, the one thing I'll say is, is throughout my entire career, 
whenever I meet somebody or friends and family ask, what do you do? I'm a horse race announcer. Oh, that's cool. Where do you call? And, you know, Louisiana Downs. Oh, that's nice, Mammoth. Oh, that's cool. Aqueduct. Oh, that's great. Good for you. But when you say Churchill Downs, they know what that is. People turn their heads, right. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, that's the best way I can describe it. It's, 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 this is a great town first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Um, So lifestyle is good. The racing is good. The people here are awesome. I love who I work with. And, you know, once a year they have a little thing called the Kentucky Derby, which, <laughs> is too, which isn't that bad either. Sure. Right? So absolutely. Yeah. been very fortunate. And, uh, yeah, I love Churchill. It's a great spot. I feel like you got one of the best seats in the house, too, for the race, obviously. It's, you know, a predecessor of mine used to call the greatest view in all of sports. And it's pretty hard to argue with that. Oh, yeah. When you see 20 of them coming down the stretch in the Derby, it's pretty hard to argue. If you don't mind me asking, when it's not horse racing season, what do you do? Do you have any side stuff you do, or do you just kind of take vacation? No, so I used to go and bounce around and call at Aqueduct in the winter, come back to Churchill in the spring for the summer and fall. Uh, I got a little bit tired of packing up the life in the suitcase, so I don't do that anymore. I just call Churchill. Mm -hmm. But uh, I have an entrepreneurial spirit to me, so I I keep my – and my head busy with a bunch of different little random projects here or there. And, um, you know, just try and stay active, keep the mind sharp. I don't, as much as I'd like to sit around and play Fortnite all day, I don't. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, my life is good. No two ways about it. Fortnite is addicting, man. I can't very get away so, from very it. Very much I, so. I'm 25 years old and I feel like I'm playing a 10 year old's game, but I can't get over it. I really can't. It's crazy. It's brutal. Oh, no. <laughs> I played it last night and I think it's on the docket tonight, too. How many, how many solo dubs you got, man? How many solo wins? Uh, I had. Two last season. I play mostly squads with buddies. Nice. There you but, go. Uh, Thought- that's a grind. That's a grind. That's a true grind. <laughs> you're right. Uh, so, again, you know, you're in Louisville now, obviously. As I mentioned, it seems like you're at the pinnacle of, of the horse racing calling game. I mean, obviously, you're at Churchill. So, as as a guy that's kind of, I guess, hit the tops, you're at Churchill, you're where you want to be, you're at the track everybody knows, what is your next goal? I mean, do you have any more goals you're trying to chase in regards to your career, or is it just kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm at the top, let's let's keep this thing going? Uh, you know, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, as, as I'm, I'm a pretty motivated individual, so if I put stuff in my mind to try and achieve, I work hard to do so. Um, you know, in terms of, of horse racing, when there's some, there's some other big meets out there, maybe Saratoga in the summer when, you know, Larry Colmas retires, Mm -hmm. that would be an option or a possibility. Um, I've sort of considered, uh, you know, exploring other sports, um, and maybe, you know, porting over to a different broadcasting medium, whether it be not, I shouldn't say medium, but a different sport, so to speak. And, you know, I do think there's one thing about horse racing. It's so helter skelter and so action packed. I do think the training that we get and, and the skills that we have to call horse races would suit well in other sports, whether it be basketball or baseball, football, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I've thought a little bit about that, but nothing too seriously. I think the focus right now is just keep making the derby calls and, and the day in and day out calls a little bit better and, and see where we go from there. Well, Travis, you're obviously in the place you need to be. Uh, congrats on on where you are in your career and just consistently just doing great calls. Obviously, we, we really enjoyed it. That was our first derby we've ever been to live uh, and just really had a blast all the way through. So congratulations to you, sir, and we thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Next time you're at Churchill, let me know. Come up and watch a race. Yes, sir. We'll hit you up. I'll definitely hit you up on that. Appreciate it, Travis. Sounds thank good. you so much. All right, guys. Thanks, Take Travis. Care. You bet. There he is, Travis Stone. Uh, Nick, a great guy. Obviously, our first interview on the show and, and a really good one. A lot of insight on horse racing and uh, just, a, just a cool dude. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, 
the preparation that he talked about that he does leading up to the Kentucky Derby itself and then the call and then talking about this historical, he felt it was the right call that maximum security got disqualified. So for everybody out there that had maximum security and is upset about this call, and you're hearing it from the guy that, that called the Derby, uh, had the binoculars out there and saw it up as good a shot as anybody else in uh, in the Derby had that maximum security should have been DQ'd there. So. Yeah, and he also had to be the voice of uh, you know the voice of disappointment for yeah, some people yeah. out there in the infield. We saw a lot of people freaking tickets. out. Hold, hold your, your tickets. tickets. Everybody that had 7 and 20, hold your tickets. Hold and your tickets. Nobody wants to hear that when you nope. have 7 and 20 on your tickets. So. I don't know if you remember that, TJ. You were kind of crying over in the corner because you, <laughs> I you, was, you, I was, you uh, yeah. just missed on 10 grand, so <laughs> you were a little upset about that. But he, he made a good point. He put me down in my place. He said, you can't have a humble brag if you didn't win. That's true. Because life is not about what ifs. I, I believe that. So, Travis, thank you for putting me in my place. But, TJ, not once, but twice he said – you, you made a great point, so you can give yourself, you can keep your Pat humble, back. humble I mean, brag for being being a good journalist. The interview, the interview expert. I mean, just the best good, of all time. Being a good journalist <laughs> and asking the good questions. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, so hopefully we can get back up there uh, or down there rather to Churchill Downs for an upcoming Kentucky Derby, and he in, he invited us up in the booth. Yeah, I will definitely hit him up if uh, you know when we come back. I know he'll be there for quite some time. Yeah. he's great at his job. Um, so hopefully we get a chance to go up in the booth and yeah, we will have the best seat in the house, TJ. TJ, luxury. Sweet screw. We're going to be in the booth oh. where, the, where, where Travis calls it, and we'll be able to sit there with him and watch watch the Kentucky Derby live from the booth. We'd love to see it. Well, again, Travis, uh, appreciate it. Everybody, uh, thank you for listening in. This is something we want to keep doing, too. Make interviews a separate thing. You know, we got Bruce on the Balcony is yep. kind of the fun side of everything and the sports side. Bras on the Balcony is, is our, you know, show with Laura and Kendall and everything, kind of talking about the girl world. And the interviews can be its own thing. You know, me and Nick, uh, we have a lot of fun on Bruise on the Balcony. And we have fun during the interviews, too. But this kind of shows another side of what we can bring to the table. Well, you know, we just have we have the studios. We have the facilities. We have the equipment. We have the guests. So why not try to add it on to the, uh, the content machine that we're putting out here on Bruise on the Balcony and uh, – see where it goes i mean year two tj right we said we're gonna be bigger better faster stronger and yep. we got the got the new studios upgraded and now we're gonna we're adding you know more shows on girls 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 now bras on the balcony as it's named bruised on the balcony football show i mean as it was really as the committee really <laughs> sat down and thought long and hard on on that name and that took and a that, year to do it, it took a year it took a <laughs> like as zuki uh explained it the best he, he he broke it down he's like you know the committee they they worked long and hard a lot and of hours they, they spent hours and this is what they came up with i mean his description when i was listening to that that uh, podcast w- was great so yeah and then now <laughs> the interviews hopefully we can keep turning them out i know we got a lot of guests that we have in mind that we want to bring on the show locally yeah. and nationally uh as travis is so good to see and uh it's going to be exciting as the year two progresses and also if you have anybody out there that you would like to see us try to interview or if you have a connection we'd love to let to bring know. them on uh ba- balcony at gmail.com or uh again on social media at balcony bruise pod nick that's going to do it thank you so much to travis once again follow him at Travis Stone on Twitter. And uh, if you get a chance to go to the Kentucky Derby or even just Churchill Downs at any point in time, get to hear his fantastic calls. That'll do it, guys. We'll see you next time.